0: This episode is sponsored by Frontend Masters. They have a terrific lineup of live courses you can attend either online or in person. They also have a terrific backlog of courses you can watch, including JavaScript the good parts, build web applications with Node.js, AngularJS in-depth, and advanced JavaScript. You can go check them out at frontendmasters.com. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A. bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $1,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the JavaScript Jabber link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash JavaScript Jabber. Let's face it, bookkeeping is hard, and it's not really what you're good at anyway. Bench.co is the online bookkeeping service that pairs you with a team of dedicated bookkeepers who use simple, elegant software to do your bookkeeping for you. Check it out at bench.co slash Jabber for 20% off today. They focus on what matters most, and that's why they're there. Once again, that's bench.co slash Jabber. This episode is sponsored by Wrangle.io. Wrangle's been working with Angular 2 for a long time. And they are now putting together an eight-hour, two-day course designed to help Angular developers learn how to write apps in Angular 2. If you're looking to level up your JavaScript and Angular 2 skills, then go to wrangle.io slash training and click on the link for Angular 2 training. If you're looking for other training in React or JavaScript, they also have that available at wrangle.io slash training. We're still here at Build Conference for JavaScript Jabber. is uh, still here. AJ is still here. And uh, we are talking to, I already forgot your name. Wade. We're talking to Wade about VS Code. Yes. Uh, Do you want to introduce yourself real quick, Wade?
1: Yeah. Wade Anderson. I work on a, as a PM on the Visual Studio Code team. I'm relatively new to the team. I started in December. But I did the Visual Studio Code tips and tricks session here at Build uh, okay. just yesterday.
0: That's interesting. We also made the Utah Connection, which is a JavaScript Jabber thing since most of our hosts live in utah but yeah anyway so we had eric gamma and chris diaz on the show about what eight weeks ago when this comes out something like that and uh they talked to us quite a bit about visual studio code they talked to us about electron and how it's used to build it i'm kind of curious uh since you did the tips and tricks session yeah you know maybe we can just start there i mean what what kinds of things can you do with visual studio code that people aren't really thinking about
1: so Visual Studio Code is a lightweight editor, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in the same space as, like, Sublime and so, um, Atom. Almost
0: as good as Emacs. Uh, almost as good as Emacs. <laughs> we, we have a... AJ's shaking his head. Yeah. So, some people use Vim. <laughs> I don't know why, but they do. No, I'm just kidding.
1: So what we can do with Visual Studio Code um, that, that we believe is doing well against alternatives is you can have JavaScript IntelliSense which is really powerful. So we use the Salsa language service, which the TypeScript folks here developed. Mm -hmm. So you can get really good uh, help while you're developing. So this is, IntelliSense is your control space, and you get a tip on what are the different methods for this object, and you can see what the documentation is really quickly right there in the editor. So this is a powerful feature that you see in IDEs often, but not as often in text editors that are lightweight. Mm -hmm. So We think a cross between this lightweight editor with these powerful IDE features makes Visual Studio Code a really good um, editor for JavaScript developers.
2: And where does it run?
1: Where does the... the, Which operating systems? Yes. yes, All of them. Yeah, it runs on Mac, Linux, and Windows.
2: Are you even Microsoft anymore? (laughs)
1: I'm not sure <laughs> our, our almost everyone on the Visual Studio code team uses a Mac uh, exclusively for their development. Uh, nice. we, we have a couple of Linux guys, and one or two people might also use Windows, but we really try to dog food the product and and uh, feel what it's like to work on Mac and Linux.
2: When the anniversary come, update comes out, are people going to start using windows too
1: I, th- I think our team will stick to to Mac and Linux for for the dog fooding reasons. <laughs> okay stay, stay on it, yeah.
2: So it's really a product that's meant for developer outreach, it sounds like. I mean, like that's really the purpose is to reach a broader community.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, The vision with it is we want to, we felt, uh, I mean, here at Build Conference, we do a great job catering to the Windows developer, and we have a lot of loyal fans here, but we haven't historically, Microsoft hasn't done a great job getting on these other platforms, so the aim with Visual Studio Code is let's get out and let's learn from them. Let's let's provide a good tool. Let's work with the community. Let's see what those needs are. And that can lead to other products that Microsoft, uh, other product offerings that Microsoft can bring to the Mac and Linux communities.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And it's it's been really interesting over the last few years. I mean, we've had Scott Hanselman on the various podcasts and, you know, I've talked to several other people at different conferences about you know, either they're working for Microsoft or they work in, you know, Microsoft technologies. And it really has gone from people feeling like, you know, you either have to suffer through the Microsoft way or do it the right way to Microsoft really contributing to the wider programmer community and providing some really great solutions. And so I it's funny because I talk to people and I'm like, yeah, they're not the evil empire anymore. You know, they, they kind of are acting like they get it now. Especially with open sourcing as much as they have, and things yeah. like that, you know, with they open sourced uh, the .NET runtime, they've open sourced uh, Chakra. We just talked to Guava here a, a few minutes ago, and yeah, I mean, there's there's just so much stuff out there. You know, they bought Xamarin, and they're you know they've they just announced in the keynote that they've opened it up to different versions of Visual Studio, and you know, basically it's it's free if you get the community version of Visual Studio. Uh, you get all the Xamarin stuff, and it, it, you know, just all of this stuff where it's like, look, we want you to get important stuff done, and here we're going to give you some great tools to do it. And Visual Studio Code, especially in some of the circles that I move in with Angular and TypeScript, has gotten some really not just wide adoption, but excited adoption, because it provides so many nice things with the, you know, as you said, the code completion and the IntelliSense and some of the other things that are built into it. And then when we talked to Chris and Eric, you know, they also talked about being able to add in your own syntax highlighting and IntelliSense and things like that and extending Visual Studio Code beyond just a code editor that's convenient for the handful of languages that are kind of built into it.
1: yeah. With Visual Studio Code, the the core offering, um, and you may or may not be aware of this, but we actually recently took C Sharp out of the core. Uh, when you download the product, it no longer comes with C Sharp support. You have to actually install that as an extension. And you kept and, your jobs? Uh, That's awesome. And we kept, yeah, we, we actually thought it was kind of a radical move because here we are, a Microsoft t- developer tool, and we uh-huh. took C Sharp it. So our first class citizen with the initial download is JavaScript. And so you download it, we have a great vertical experience with JavaScript. But the idea is that any of these other verticals with go or c sharp or ruby or python you install an extension um, and you bring that into the editor and we, we think that works great because it keeps the product really lightweight and you only bring in the tools you you need so right. we've been happy with the extensions is three four or five months old now and has mm-hmm. some really good support from the community and some internal microsoft um, teams have been jumping on too
0: so one other thing. We're here with actually two podcasts. We're here with JavaScript Jabber. We're also here with iFreaks, okay. uh, which is an iOS development podcast. And I'm curious, uh, since it runs on Mac and it has some of these capabilities, you know, are there going to be extensions for Objective-C and for uh, Swift and maybe even some tie-ins so that you can tell it to build and run and it'll do what Xcode does and compile and then pull up a, what do you call it, a, an emulator? yeah that those would this would be really neat. We have got into the mobile
1: there are mobile platforms we're pursuing so so things like React Native and mm-hmm. Ionic Cordova. we have internal teams at Microsoft that have built extensions for that. The React Native extension um, launched a few weeks ago and has had some good success so far. Uh, specifically in the, the Apple languages with uh, Swift and Objective-C we haven't been driving that internally as a Visual Studio code team and I haven't seen anything in the community yet uh, right. for that uh, but it, it would be an interesting thing for us to look into um, yeah. it would be a little bit o- outside of ours so we really want to hit this JavaScript well which is where mm-hmm. the React Native Ionic is fitting in well right. with what we're doing um, but it, in the future this could be an offering we, we look into
0: Yeah, it looks like you also have a partnership with Telerik, or Microsoft does. Yeah. So I'm also curious if you're going to do anything with NativeScript.
1: Yeah, actually, NativeScript launched an extension just recently. I saw they were doing a mini-theater here. Um, I don't know too much about it, actually, but I've been hearing some good, positive vibes Mm -hmm. about it. So I'm curious to see how well it does in the next coming weeks and if people are installing it and having good experiences with it.
0: Right. So... I'm going to go back to your session a little bit. What's kind of the least known tip or trick that you shared that will give people the biggest bang for their buck if they're using Visual Studio Code?
1: I don't know what the least known, but what what I got across in my talk is that the fundamental tip that I think can bring you up to speed with Visual Studio Code, and this, if you're coming from Sublime or Adam, this is going to be familiar, but... Just opening the command palette and you have access to all the commands, and then learning you can learn the key bindings really well that way because all the key bindings are right there on the right. So if anyone's new to Visual Studio Code, and we're surprised when we look at the telemetry how rarely people are discovering the command palette. So it's just hit F1 and you have access to all of them. And as I was getting ready for the tips and tricks session, I I could learn the key bindings really quickly because I could see all the commands. Mm -hmm. So the F1 keystroke, which will open the command palette, and then secondly, moving to uh, just wherever you're at type uh, control space will do a trigger suggest, which essentially invokes IntelliSense. And I was surprised in preparing the tips and tricks session how often I was getting help um, from the editor. So often in, like, uh, JSON files. So if you're in your package.json, you'll get IntelliSense in that file. We're not great at uh, making that uh, visible right now. So you do have to just do control space, which I guess is fine if you don't want it in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. But that those would be the two. The, the F1 to pull up the command palette, and then the second one is to trigger a suggest with control space.
0: Right. Uh, one other thing that I'm curious about, and I don't know if we asked Chris or Eric this, but why do a Visual Studio Code? I mean, you know, Microsoft has Visual Studio. They have various versions of it. Visual Studio Code is kind of a completely different thing. And they're giving it away for free. So, you know, it's not a selling product. In fact, if anything, it might actually cannibalize some sales of Visual Studio, which costs a lot. Yeah. And... It's for you know open source communities where you know Microsoft doesn't have a lot of reach, and I can kind of see that. But from from kind of a business or strategic standpoint, I don't completely understand why they're going this way.
1: Yeah, so I'm not an expert on the strategy, but from what I understand, um, we we talked about this a little bit, few questions earlier. Is it can be a loss leader for us in that it helps us engage with communities and a group of customers that we haven't engaged with very well. So. Um, as we think of as product developers and we, we try to come up with ideas for products it's it's just so important to get at, get out of the office and meet the customer where they're at right that's that's what we mm-hmm. learn in, in in startup world lean startup and things and and so, as a visual studio code team that that's what we're doing with the Mac and linux developers we're getting out uh, quote unquote getting out of the office we're engaging with them we're, we're working with them. And I, I think the the higher-ups, the vision for Visual Studio Code for them is, well, this could lead to some, some innovation, some new products that we could develop that might not be obvious until we get out there and engage with customers. And those could end up being very profitable for Microsoft. Imagine... We could come up with something that would help Mac and Linux developers get on Azure at a much higher rate. That -hmm. that, that would be very profitable for Microsoft. And I think would make it so we could say Visual Studio Code uh, accomplished its mission from a business perspective.
0: That makes sense.
1: As a team member on the team, I I like the vision of that because it seems like a win. for. I mean, we're, we're engaging with the customer and not a way to... Try to trick them into paying. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just trying to understand their needs so we can really bring solutions that help them.
0: Right. Um, one other thing that I'm I'm kind of curious about is uh, you see things like Xamarin and you know some of these other things that have been announced. Uh, you know a lot of the stuff they showed off with Cortana yesterday. Yeah. Are, are you planning on in- integrating any of those things?
1: Um, I it, with our extensibility story, we. That, that's kind of the avenue we would integrate those things. And we're excited to see where that goes. And we, we have internal Microsoft. Even yesterday after my talk, I one of the PMs on the Xamarin team came up and, and introduced herself. And, and we, um, we scheduled the time that we could meet up. Yeah, I would think that we could start to see some some integrations with those, but probably always, I, I could say this fairly confidently, I would say always as in the extensibility story. So mm-hmm. we, we have this vision for our product that it's going to remain lightweight and it's going to be customizable. So so if something like Cortana makes sense for a developer, then an extension can be created and if people want it, we'll, we'll bring it into the. They can bring it into the tool. But I think that what, what my vision for the product is and what our team's vision is that we wouldn't ever start shipping a Visual Studio code that's bloated and slow. That, that would go right. away from what our vision is for it.
0: Gotcha.
2: So um, I went to the booth over there yesterday and they were showing me some of the debugging and it seems like no debugging is baked in. Do you want to talk yeah. a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so that kind of goes with our... Um, the, as the product, when you download the product, we have a great JavaScript experience end to end. So that that includes the IntelliSense, that includes the debugging, any other the editing uh, uh, snippets and things are all built in right right out of the box. So then we can pull in these other tools. So like there's a Ruby debugger, a Python debugger, then you can pull into the tool. Um, but uh, so to address your question. Talking about the Node debugger, we do want to make that an awesome experience. So we want Visual Studio Code to be the tool for Node developers that they go to on any platform. That's our vision for it, uh, it while well, remaining lightweight. Too.
2: Mm-hmm. What's the experience like with the the Node debugger as opposed to Emacs? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't really have a debugger plugin in Emacs, or do you? Not really. No. Yeah. Okay.
1: Visual Studio Code has a loosely coupled relationship with other bash tools, essentially, mm-hmm. or, or other tools that you can run through the terminal. Right. Um, and so so we use, uh, with the node debugger, we essentially throw an interface onto the debugging protocol, so you can easily set breakpoints from within the editor, and then stop those breakpoints and step through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it adds a, a, a UI layer that developers are comfortable with, and that's intuitive. And I would say like i I use the node debugger um, too often because i write bugs in my code but um i I think that we we've done a good job at hitting uh just exactly what we need out of a debugger i mean we don't have some of the advanced debugging features like uh the going back in time and things we we can't quite do that yet in the debugger so so it kind of hits this like uh 80 20 rule pretty well i think it gives you what you need um the debugger, but I think over time we'll see this expand, and even some of the guys we've talked to, some internal partners that are interested in seeing if there's some diagnostics we can do, things to dive in to, to the memory usage from the debugger uh, screen, and so we're, we're looking into those, and those will probably be available as extensions you would add on to the debugger, mm-hmm. to, to the core debugger.
2: I liked what they were showing me over there, was Pretty simple, like, uh, you know, you click on something, you could see the variables that it contained, yeah. and it wasn't very cluttered. Didn't It didn't seem, it was actually more attractive to me because it didn't seem like it was doing too much, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, essentially we looked at the node development community. We did a lot of customer studies and worked with customers, and we found debugging was a large pain. And almost everyone was just doing a simple console.log and just just logging out their variables I I know that was the approach I had taken for for years and um, and, and, I mean to say that one nice thing about that is it's a good cross language debugger you can do that in every language so that's why people get comfortable with it but we uh, anyone that uses the debugger in Visual Studio Code could say it's definitely a step up from there and and it's really really useful and easy to configure. So that's when I've used debuggers even when I use them with IDEs occasionally, it takes some really some painful steps to get set up, but I found the node debugger in Visual Studio Code just really easy to get going.
0: What what other features are there in Visual Studio Code that are either out or coming out soon that people should know about?
1: So so there's the Git integration. We have good uh, support for Git and A lot of our uh, users that are are relatively new to coding really like that because uh, Git sometimes can be a hard tool to master uh, Mm -hmm. initially. And so our new developers like how the the Git integration is very intuitive. It'll show you, you make a change in your file. The the Git icon will show a badge, how many Mm -hmm. files have been changed. You go over there, you can quickly see the changes, and then you can stage it do a commit and push all right there in the editor and and for someone like uh like me or other uh, developers that have more experience with git i i was nervous about that when i first was was looking at it because i like to see what's going on under the hood well we also you can open up an an output window and see what git commands were running which which i like it it actually helps me learn a little bit more about how git is working Mm -hmm. and so and that's kind of the philosophy we've taken with Visual Studio Code. We want to add these features but still play really nice with the terminal. So, so the Git integration, uh, we, we talked about IntelliSense and debugging, and then extensions. Those are probably our four big, I, I would say, uh, value props or features with Visual Studio Code. And then extensions kind of opens up a whole world of different things that we could do. What we've been really focused on lately and where I think you'll see our product go in the next three to six months is we're really, we want to make the performance better. We want a faster editor. We want something that performs really well and has uh, very little bugs. So, so we've been really focused on that and, and just making a better overall user experience. So I talked about even the command palette isn't always very used, or some of these features that we like a lot, but we don't see high usage from our users. Our theories, are, our hypotheses are that our users are not discovering them. So even extensions, which is all over our website and seems like such a obvi- uh, feature people should be aware of, um, don't see as much usage as you would expect. So over the next few months, I think you'll see um, some of those features more discoverable in the mm-hmm. product. Uh, so we may, on the far left, our activity bar. We may make maybe a settings icon or something so people are aware of how to get to settings and the key bindings and to really make Visual Studio Code their editor. That's what we want to right. try to do for people.
2: I'm playing around with it right now. Oh, good.
0: <laughs> so that, you know, I think, I think we talked about installation on the other episode, but I think for the most part it's pretty straightforward for Mac and Windows. You know, you have an executable that installs it. Or you have on you know Mac, it's either a dot .app that you download or a dot .damage, I call it damage file, damage, DMG, yeah, yeah. .dmg file that you pull down and then you know it tells you to copy it over or does some installation. But on Linux, it's a different story. You know, I've used Ubuntu and Red Hat and uh, SuSE Linux. You know, with GUIs, which I'm assuming you kind of have to have for VS Code. So, with those, I mean, they all have different installer formats, right? You've got RPMs, or you've got, what are the Debian ones, I forget? Deb. Deb. De- Deb, yeah, and then the SUSE packages or something else. But, you know, so how do you how do you manage that? Do you just pull it in from your package manager, or do you actually have to download it and run it?
1: Yeah, we hired um, just a few, a uh, month and a half or so ago, we hired a new engineer in Redmond that... It's just a Linux Pro, and so he's been tackling this this very specific thing for us. So right now for the Insiders release, uh, so we have the stable release, which is the obvious download button when you get to the site. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you go navigate to the download page, there's now two tabs. There's the stable release and the Insiders. On the Insiders now, you can actually download the .deb or the .rpm. You can download for your specific Mm -hmm. Linux distro. And that that is only for the Insider's release just because it didn't make it out into our most recent stable iteration. But going forward, that's how it'll be. So we'll have Daniel, the, the engineer, he's done a lot of work to get us onto apt-get and some of these Mm -hmm. other um, package managers to make it easy to get on to linux make the install experience better so so we have that uh, insiders right now if people want to do that uh, that can make a better experience and then i think probably by the next uh, stable release we'll have that available very cool Uh, talking about insiders though uh, we are going to a weekly release schedule for insiders Mm so um, you can get the latest bits, and we, we want to encourage people to get in. We like that early feedback. And we, it's really helpful for us early on, and I think that the people that are on the Insiders channel uh, also really like to have the new features and try them out early on.
0: Yeah, it sounds like what Chrome does with Chrome Canary, where it's pretty stable, might have a few bugs, um, You know, try out the new features, it's got nice stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Insider still goes through it through a test cycle for us, so we we don't ship it um, broken at least too often. We may have shipped one <laughs> that was a little broken, but it, Insiders it, so so like internally that's the release we're always mm-hmm. using and giving early feedback to the engineering team.
0: Yeah, but the nice thing is, is if you have some new or you know newish feature that hasn't come out in the stable version yet, you know a lot of times you get that nice tool that can short circuit some work for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. So is there some kind of extension store or something, or do you have to go yeah. se- search GitHub?
1: Marketplace.visualstudio.com slash VS Code is the extensions marketplace. It's the, the web app. They, they've done a lot of work there. I Actually, personally, that's been my project is working with the Marketplace team and um, making the experience better. So we've got a good search experience now, and you can see the most popular extensions recently added, um, and then you can browse by languages, debuggers, linters, snippets, and themes. I think over the next few months, we'll see more and more improvement there as well.
2: Nice. So what would you say are the main advantages over Sublime or Atom?
1: Sublime and Atom are are excellent tools, and we're happy to be in the same space as them. And like myself, I, I used Sublime for years and was really happy with a lot of things from it. I think what um, users can find with Visual Studio Code, whether they're evaluating all three and deciding which one they want to use or they're switching from one of the tools. Maybe there's a pain point with Sublime or with Atom. Visual Studio Code, consider the, the range of text editors and IDEs and IDEs being one extreme, text editors being the other. We built Visual Studio Code to be far on the text editor side but still to pull some of the best features from the IDE. So what you're going to get with Visual Studio Code is you're going to get this IntelliSense experience, this context-aware editing that, that's really powerful. And you're, you're not going to find that in Sublime, um, and I, I don't believe that Adam has support for that, although mm-hmm. they, it might be in the works for him. But we're a leader in that space. And we I mean, was we share the, the, the team members that work on those tools for Visual Studios are also working on it for Visual Studio Code. So um, we believe we're going to be the leaders in continuing to have great context-aware um, hints for the developer that can make you a lot more productive. And, and then the debugging experience, we think, is, is superior to the alternatives. So um, if you want this lightweight text editor, but you are missing some of these things from the IDE, Visual Studio Code can be a great tool for you. Um, and then so, some specifics like we're, we're very so, so we're an open source product, which is the same for Atom, but different from mm-hmm. Sublime. And we're very open about the roadmap and things that we're doing, which is the same for Atom, but different from Sublime. So Sublime users might find that refreshing to feel like the the development team is communicating and, and responsive to things. So so we have we we have a, a a small but a growing team, and there's definitely commitment behind Visual Studio Code. So. I think that users could find, it, when they're evaluating the three tools, they could find a good long-term, we're going to be here for a long time with Visual Studio Code and we want to make it a winner. So they could get on, on board with a tool that will continue to improve and is moving at a fast, um, a fast pace. And it has a big development ecosystem behind them with the Visual Studios. I mean, we work in the same building as all the Visual Studio guys, and we, we really can use a lot of that mind share to build a better tool.
2: So inside of Microsoft, why is Visual Studio Code important? Because everybody in Microsoft's got a free license to Visual Studio.
1: Right. Different developers have different personalities, right? And they, they like, like me personally, I really like the lightweight text editor much better than the large IDE. So we all um,
0: get to be people? What? We all
1: get to be people we, we as all get, programmers. Yeah, we all get to be people. So, so within Microsoft, um, we do have a strong amount of uh, developers in Microsoft that like Visual Studio Code. And um, so it's either they like the lightweightness or they like to develop on Mac and Linux. So Visual Studio Code is the great, the great alternative. Of course, we don't want to um, drive people away from Visual Studios. And I mean, I've had so many conversations here at Build with... With Visual Studio users, why should I use Visual Studio Code? And I said, if you like Visual Studios, like Visual Studios is awesome. Stick with it, and it, it's going to be a great tool. Um, but Visual Studio Code just it hits this this niche and this um, like for me personally, it's it's my code editor of choice because I like the lightweight of it. I like that it's it's not performance heavy on my machine. It's not taking up a lot of a lot of space, um, and it's very customizable. Like I can make it my editor. Um, and I, I really like that with Visual Studio Code.
2: You forgot to mention that it's built in JavaScript, which is different from Sublime, but same as Adam.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could have said that, yeah.
2: I, I've become a very JavaScript guy. Like, I, I still can program in other languages. I still enjoy other languages. But JavaScript is where it's at. I mean, it's it's the the biggest deal. And so... You know, I could go in there and play around with Python. And actually, to be honest, I'm probably not going to go around there and play with the JavaScript and and Visual Studio Code that much. But I like that feeling of knowing that what I'm developing in is what it's developed in. Mm -hmm. So that if there is some problem, like I'm really familiar with how Node works, I could get in there and probably fix a bug if I needed to.
1: Yeah, it's cool. It, it's definitely a cool thing that your tool is the uh, your tool you're using is the same technology that you're using it for. Um, yeah. What one thing uh, approach with our team is for for the last couple of years that the product has been developed, um, we've been dog it. So all the engineers that have been working on the product, it's been. Their product that they 've been using every single day to build um, the product to build the product, which is kind of cool, so they so i mean we 're we're using it writing tons of JavaScript, which makes it so we 're like this is we, we feel good about this experience and we love and it helps us in making product decisions because we are the the product users in a lot of cases yeah.
2: so one thing that I've thought about and, and got brought up at the Utah Js conference last year is the idea of like not being so supportive to so many different genres of code, but, like, really focusing on one. And I, I mean, I kind of feel like it'd be best if there was a JavaScript editor written in JavaScript, a Ruby editor written in Ruby, a Python editor written in Python. And, um, what, I was it, I think it was Jamin's who works at PayPal. I think it was him that was giving a presentation. And he showed, it was kind of like a git diff, but it had a hook. Where it went through, what's that? Inscription? No, the other thing that does the parsing and all that of JavaScript. So he was he was showing like this demo of doing diffs rather than using the normal diff tool that isn't JavaScript sensitive. Was doing diffs so that it would actually know if a function had moved because it understood this is a JavaScript function and knew if a variable name changed. Like it could track. Basically, it could track refactoring.
1: Oh, that's very cool. And,
2: and diff like that. Do you think that you'll um, continue to be really JavaScript-centric and and maybe dive into something like that? Or are you going to try to be agnostic and and just have a focus on JavaScript?
1: I think the vision for the product is it's going to be an awesome JavaScript tool. So I I think that we will continue to be JavaScript-centric. Now, will we do that and not bring in some of these other languages No, I I think that some of the focus right now is, oh, where are these other underserved development groups on Mac and Linux? So are the Python, like like we've had awesome, a community developer made this Python extension. It's just skyrocketed in popularity as well as Go. The Go extension is also very popular. So I think as Visual Studio Code, we're going to be centered on JavaScript, but... We want to continue to build it as a platform that these other languages can come into. So that's the product vision. So maybe not as JavaScript-centric as what you're describing, but uh, still with the core of the product, because we use JavaScript every day, we'll be solid with JavaScript, but then we want to bring in these other languages and make a good experience for them as well.
0: So uh, just kind of to wrap up, if people want to go download Visual Studio Code and install it and try it out where do they go and where do they go for sort of tutorials or more information as well
1: yeah um it's extremely easy compared to the visual studios install experience it is fast as lightning to install mm-hmm. visual studio code so you go to code.visualstudio.com you can also google it or bing it visual studio code um will will be the the top hit there um and the download button is right there on the front of the page. You can click that download button. depending on it, it's operating system aware. So whatever operating system on, it'll download the right package for you. And then you just open that zip file or whatever um, what, whatever operating system you're on. And it'll, it'll be a quick install process. You can get up and going pretty quickly. And then on our website, which was, again, code.visualstudio.com, the docs slash docs you can go to to get help and to get going, uh, get get to your wow experience with the product uh, pretty quickly.
0: Awesome. Now there's one more concept to this show that uh, we do and since AJ and I are doing several interviews per day, we're not going to do it but we have the concept of picks if you've listened to like uh, the twit.tv shows, they do picks. And effectively what it is is it's just, you know, whatever you're into at the moment. So it could be tv show it could be a uh, board game it could be a particular coding tool i mean just anything you know javascript library whatever yeah whatever you're into so do you have one or two things you could share with us
1: yeah there's uh, so so outside of uh, developer tools uh, you're saying anything anything okay
0: developer tools or not developer tools anything
1: yeah my um i was telling chuck my wife and i have an eight month old so uh, he's been going to bed earlier lately so we uh have been really into watching, catching up on some shows. So we've been really into Parks and Rec lately and uh, VidAngel as well, which the Utah Connections, VidAngel is a Utah company. So uh, those have been two of our our picks, I guess, of what's been a lot of fun.
0: Good deal. Yeah, kids going to bed earlier, it's nice to get that one-on-one time in there.
1: It needs some leisure, relaxation, friendly, so...
0: Alright, well thank you Wade for coming and talking to us uh, Hopefully some folks will go out and check out Visual Studio Code Yeah, thanks um, for having me I know a lot of happy users of Visual Studio Code So I highly recommend that people go check it out uh, One other thing I want to do real quick Is thank uh, Richard Campbell and Carl Franklin For pulling this podcast thing together at Build And uh, Microsoft for helping us get out here And be involved So,
2: Thank you, thank you Chuck and AJ Thanks for telling us about Visual Studio Code Awesome.
0: Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Do you wish you could be part of the discussion on JavaScript Jabber? Do you have a burning question for one of our guests? Now you can join the action at our membership forum. You can sign up at javascriptjabber.com slash jabber, and there you can join discussions with the regular panelists and our guests.